In today's show, we're previewing week seven in the NBA. Also, somehow, some news on John Wall, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to do a week seven preview, but a couple of news things to touch on. Yes, there was an injury yesterday to Ja Morant, a knee sprain, the Grizzlies are calling it. Um, I know that there were celebratory tweets from Woj, basically, saying this guy's had a monster season and he will return. Uh, That's all well and good for Woj to say that. Um, And so many people fist pumping, oh man, it's great news. He's avoided the worst. That's not what this is, in my opinion. Um, This is a sprain, right? A torn ACL is a knee sprain. A torn MCL is a knee sprain. This is not a knee sprains. Maybe it's two weeks. Maybe it's three months. Maybe it is the rest of the season. There's almost no doubt to me that he is not returning until 2022, so January. I'd be pretty surprised if Moran is back until then, but I don't know that. And I also, But I also don't know that he's out for a long term. I just don't know. And we have seen multiple NBA teams put out releases, and one of the you know one of the worst NBA teams with injuries is the Memphis Grizzlies with putting out ridiculous time frames. Remember when Mike Conley had that Achilles issue? They just kept saying, oh, there's uh, an issue with his heel. And then he was out like six months because he had like a partial Achilles tear, all right? They don't provide this information. We know what happened with Jaron Jackson's knee last year. Jabari Parker, when he tore his ACL. Zach Zach Levine, when he tore his ACL. Zach Levine is out with a knee sprain. Oh, okay, cool. Two days later, torn ACL. Now, the wording from Woj, Jar Morant's tweets himself seem a little bit more positive. But this does not mean a two-week injury for Morant. It might, but it doesn't mean it. I, I'm not saying that this is a three-month thing. I'm saying it could be. It could be two weeks. It could be one week. It could be four months. I've got no idea. Right? Neither does anybody else at this stage. So before, and we, oh, we all want him to play, of course. Right? But before we all go, like, oh, this, oh, it's the best news possible. Like I'm not, not, not trying to call someone out, but someone said, oh, this is great. Yeah, Woj said that he suffered an ankle sprain last year and was back in three weeks. So it's the same sort of thing. It's literally not anything remotely the same at all. So this talk of a sprain, we all think, oh, sprain, I sprained my ankle. I'll be back pretty soon. That's not what that is. It might be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And I just, it, it's, so if news does come down and it's bad, just understand that that is absolutely in line with what this initial um, vanilla diagnosis is. A knee sprain is the most generic term you can have. Is it ACL, PCL, MCL? Is it a grade one, grade two, grade three? Like, what, what are we talking about here? We, we don't know. We have no idea what the injury is. Kawhi Leonard's currently sitting out with a, with a, a knee sprain. Partial ACL tear. Not, again, not saying that's what it is. I'm saying just to maybe hold the fist pumps off a little bit until we actually find out what the injury is. In terms of replacing him, I would assume Tyus Jones starts. Jones can be a good assist and steals guy. I would assume we get more minutes for DeAnthony Melton. And unfortunately, it also means somehow more shots for Dylan Brooks. I would I would think that 
Desmond Bain gets a bump somewhat. Melton and then Jones. They can all be 12-team league guys, but they're probably going to be borderline top 100 players. I don't think there's going to be enough to boost them into massive top 100 numbers. Now, the other thing that has happened, um, that's the Morant stuff out of the way. The other thing that's happened in the last literally like five minutes since I started recording is the fact that um, the Rockets and John Wall are perhaps changing their mind, which is very, very interesting. We talked ad nauseum saying that almost impossible for him to be traded. It's just impossible. And I don't know why it's taken them two months to come to that realization that nobody's going to trade for that contract. But that's apparently where we are. Now they're trying to work out for him to come back to the team. Woj's last tweet at the time of me recording this is saying they need a compromise on you know, Wall coming back and him playing a smaller role. Now, last year, Wall played 30 minutes a night. He had a 32% usage and he was outside the top 100 for category leagues. He was a top 50 player for points leagues on a per game basis, just mentioning that. But if Wall comes back, I really don't think that he's going to come back, play 30 minutes a night and have 32% usage. All right, my initial reaction was, I tweeted out, I read that story and said, this does not mean add Wall. But I think in terms of clarifying that statement, it also, it's not me saying don't add him. It's just saying this does not mean automatic add. We don't know if he's coming back. A lot of situations need to be assessed with the Rockets and with your own fantasy team. And if he does come back, is he just coming back and taking DJ Augustin's role? Is he playing 22 minutes coming off the bench? Is he starting over Kevin Porter? Uh, we just don't know. If you have open injured reserve slots, add him. If you're in a deeper league, add him. If you're in a points league, add him. Like By all means. But actually, if you're in a 12-team category league straight up and you want to add him, look, there's no problem with doing it. But this wasn't a top 100 player last year. I would expect the minutes and usage to not be as high as they were last season, which is going to reduce that value even further. Um, and, and I just don't... I don't see... I don't really see um, the Rockets coming in and, and benching Jalen Green or benching Kevin Porter. I guess they could bench Eric Gordon, who they just recently started. They could bench Jay Sean Tate in that situation, and he could play. But you know, putting Jalen Green at the three, where he's already getting cooked playing at the two, I, I don't think that's great. Is John Wall your point guard of the future? So you take the ball out of Kevin Porter Jr.'s hands? No. I know Kevin Porter Jr. is not really a point guard or a good NBA starter. But are you giving up on development and that's six weeks into the season? I, I don't know. That's why I just think there's a lot of... It has to be... It's not like a absolutely add everywhere or absolutely don't add because you could be in a situation where you're flying at the top of your standings and you've got an open injury reserve slot. Add him by, by all means. You're battling and you, don't, you have two injuries already and you're going to get this guy. Maybe he plays in January. Like, is, is it worth it? Probably not. Right? We're not talking Kyrie Irving because if Irving plays... Like that's a top 20 player. If Wall plays, maybe it's a top 150 player. Maybe it's a top 130 player. Like it's a very big difference. And the risk that you have to take on to to get a guy like that, you have to decide whether that's worth it for your team. You're in a 16-team league, a top 130 player is pretty bloody good. In a 10-team league, it's worthless. In a 12-team league, if you have to sacrifice wins for four weeks, I'm not sure it's worth it either. But it's all just very dependent on where your team goes. And that's yeah, that's probably a poorly worded tweet from me saying this does not mean add him. That's the, that is not me saying don't add. It's saying this is not the automatic green light. Everyone go and scoop him up because there's always nuance involved. And I thought, yeah, I know we're doing week preview here on today's show, but I thought this was a good opportunity for me to um 
for me to be able to come out and you know, elaborate on that and give you some thoughts. If you've got thoughts on John Wall, please, you're on YouTube here, drop them down below in the comments. It would be great to hear your thoughts on that. But I'm going to give you now my thoughts on Price Picks. Have you heard about it? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's the best NBA DFS prop game that's out there on the market, unlike other D NBA DFS prop providers. It's, they've got the superstars at Price Picks, but also the low-minute bench guys. So you can get whatever you want into your lineups. And entries are easy. You just pick two to five players. You get their over-under props, whatever it is. Points, rebounds, threes, blocks, assists, fantasy points. Combine them all together in one entry, and you can win up to 10 times your entry free with that. But it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can combine sports. You can do Patrick Mahomes over-under yards, LeBron James over-under points. Put them together in one lineup. Bang, there you go. And when you sign up now, if you use our promo code NBA, you can get a 100% match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Entries can be made in under 60 seconds. It's that easy. And the withdrawals are safe and fast. So go to pricepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or download their app. Pricepix is daily fantasy made easy. You know this problem. You've got your live sports that you watch on one device. You've got your on-demand shows that you watch in other spots. You have your neighbors log in for other things, and then you've got your highlights, and you watch those on your phone. And I know I said that out of order, but that's okay. I want to tell you about a simple way to get your entertainment that you love all together in one place and finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Now let's talk week seven. Okay, week seven. Um, weird week, very weird week in the NBA. Very low volume week. Only eight teams play four games. The Rockets, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Wizards, the Blazers, the Heat, and the Cavs play four games this week. That's it. The Pistons and the Lakers play two games. Everybody else makes three, plays three games. So that's going to make your start and sit decisions a little bit harder this week because you've got the bulk playing that middle ground. So it's going to be yeah, the, those eight teams with the four games. You're going to get a lot of extra value by having those guys compared to the bulk of the league. If, if you have 18 teams playing four games, a four-game week doesn't really stand out. If you have eight teams playing four games, then a, eight game week, then a four-game week does really stand out and does become way more important. And those fringy players from those eight teams, you garner a lot more fantasy value in situations like that. So how does the schedule actually look for the week? Well, it's a weird one. And you know that I think anything that's nine games or under is a streaming day. We have seven streaming days this week. We've got nine games on Monday, five on Tuesday, nine on Wednesday, five on Thursday, nine on Friday, seven on Saturday, four on Sunday. You can stream every day. That might make it tough to do because depending on how many weekly ads you've got. But I reckon if you look through your roster for this week, you'll have an open roster spot every day of the week. And that makes things interesting. Last week was a terrible week for streaming. This week, elite week for streaming. You're probably never going to have to make a start or sit decision on a daily basis. So really, really interesting stuff for this week where our strategy versus last week yeah, changes pretty significantly. And as you can see here, like every day is a quality day. So with streaming, we can probably add players, not probably, we can add players every day of the week if we so choose with the highest game volume being um, nine. In terms of back-to-backs, there's back-to-backs every day 
apart from um, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, the Blazers have a back-to-back. Tuesday, Wednesday, it's the Kings. Wednesday to Thursday, it's the Thunder and the Bucks. Thursday to Friday, it's the Suns. And then Friday to Saturday, a bunch of teams with a back-to-back. The Mavericks, the Clippers, the Heat, the Warriors, the Nets, and the Celtics. So that takes us to look at a streaming plan for this week. And as I said, you have such low volume days, low volume games across the entirety of the week that you can probably stream every day. But the default um, maximum ads for the week is usually four. So you have to be smart with that. So what's the best way to be smart? Well, I think this is the best way to be smart. You add a player on Monday that plays for Portland and you get them for Monday, Tuesday. So Larry Nance Jr., if Robert Covington was dropped, Nasir Little, Anthony Simons, especially with Norman Powell dealing with this quad injury. Any of those guys who are going to be available in a lot of spots, Simons, Nance, maybe Covington. If those guys are little, if those guys are around, you can add one of those players, two for the price of one. Now, Nasir Little may not seem exciting, but getting 50 minutes from one waiver acquisition is useful. And there's no other player that you can get 50 minutes from by adding them, or no other team that you can get that by adding someone on a Monday. So while 42 minutes of Anthony Simons is, yeah, isn't that great, or also 20 minutes of Anthony Simons isn't great, but getting 42 across two games with one wave rate is a lot more appealing. Then, of course, we've got we've used our one we've used our streaming roster spot, and we've added a guy Monday, Tuesday from the Blazers, and then after Tuesday we drop Anthony Simons, we drop Nasir Little, right? And then we have a choice between adding a Thunder or a Bucks player, Grayson Allen. Do we add him? Do we add Pat Connaughton? Do we add a Thunder player? Maybe it's Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Maybe it's Darius Baisley. Is Lou Dort floating around? Like you add those guys on Wednesday after dropping that Blazers player. So again, Baisley's field goal percentage, I know it's in the toilet, right? Robinson Earl's, you know, if you're in a 10 10 league, maybe he's not providing great value, but getting 54 minutes of Robinson Earl from that one waiver ad versus just doing game by game, like that's a lot more value. And then you drop that player in that was in that streaming spot for Friday's game. And you've got a choice between the Mavs, the Clippers, the Heat, the Warriors, the Nets, and the Celtics. So many guys. Kleber, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, maybe, in Dallas. Dorian Finney-Smith with some great value. For the Clippers, Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann. If it's a Zubats, maybe it's Serge Barker by then. Marcus Morris. You go to the Heat, it's PJ Tucker. It's probably the only really one there. You go to the Warriors, you're looking at, maybe you're looking at Otto Porter. Maybe you're looking at Toscano Anderson. Maybe it's Kevon Looney in deeper formats. For the Nets, you're looking at, um, uh, I said, Lamarcus Aldridge should already be rostered. Maybe it's Deeper Lee's Cam Thomas. Maybe you're looking at Paddy Mills or James Johnson. To add that in the Celtics, Joshie Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, if he was dropped, Grant Williams, if Rob Williams is still out. And streaming those guys in for Friday, Saturday. And then you've got one ad left and add whoever you want on the Sunday. Whatever category you need to attack, whatever player looks like the best option, you add them. And that's how you get, for those four waiver ads, seven games. And I don't think you can really do any better by using one roster spot and four waiver ads than getting the seven games. And that's the way that you end up doing it. In terms of how front and back loaded things are, these teams have no games on the weekend. The Thunder, the Sixers, the Pacers, the Suns, the Wolves, the Pistons, and the Lakers. So if you've got fringe players from those teams, you can decide to drop them because they don't play the last two days of the week. Whereas a slow start to the week for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Boston Celtics, they do not play until Wednesday. 
So again, if you have some fringe players on the Bucks, the Hawks, the Celtics, you can consider dropping them and try and get guys in on the Monday, Tuesday. And that probably differs a little bit if you have more than those four waiver acquisitions. Like if you've got six for the week or seven for the week, then dropping these players on the fringes who don't play till Wednesday, because you can just stream more guys in Monday, Tuesday, that's going to be more valuable for you in that sort of a situation. But I'll tell you what else is really valuable. That's getting a discount at Built Bar because it's a Black Friday sale at Built Bar. And we've got a new code. It's LOCKED20. That gives you 20% off everything, everything at Built Bar, including their new raspberry, not raspberry, ruby, ruby chocolate puffs. Also, the lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. Awesome stuff. Ruby chocolate. If you haven't had it, goat. Goat chocolate. And now they've got it over at Built. They've also got a new bar, the Built Crave Bar. And when you buy a box of Built Bars, you get two of the brand new candy bars, the Crave Bar, free. These are the bars that just a great alternative to that bar that uh, claims to satisfy. It is caramel flavored. It is chocolate. It is loaded with peanuts, giving it a nutty, chocolatey, mm, oh-so-good sweet candy bar taste. Crave is only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. These bars are so good. Even little Bobby has foregone his cheesies. Like, the cheesies are done. He's like, he's like, Dad, give me the Craves. Little Bobby, my guy. As soon as I get a box of Built Bars, those two Craves, they're going straight in your cake hole. Yay for Crave. Little Bobby's back. Built Bar is back. Get 20% off by using the code LOCKED20 at built.com. Well, football, it's rolling. What are we, 11 weeks into the season? The NBA, we're heading into week seven here. So much sport going on, and there's only one place for all of your action, and that is at Bet Online with a new and updated website. Go and check that out, or on their mobile device, or your mobile device, load up the page, sign up, but use our code locked on, and you get a 50% welcome bonus with that promo code. It's not just football and basketball. There's college hoops, there's NHL, there's boxing, there's UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, now I do need to throw out this disclaimer here because weirdly last week I just got a bunch of questions about this. And the questions were, when he says weekly sits and weekly starts, does that mean that when those guys play, you don't put them in a lineup? Like, I need to stress this 100%. This section here is for leagues that have weekly changes. So in a league, now if you if your league doesn't have this, then this doesn't apply to you, right? So, and most of the people asking that question, this doesn't apply to them, but I've got to straight set this out. This is for leagues where on a Monday, you set a lineup and you cannot change it for the rest of the week. If you're in a daily changes league, anyone who is sitting on your bench, you just start them, right? You start everybody you can. You don't just sit guys out. This is for weekly changes league when you have to set a lineup once per week at the start of the week and you can't change it. If that is not your league, the weekly starts and sits has no application to you whatsoever. None whatsoever. But if you are in a weekly league, these are guys that you choose to put in, add to put into a lineup or sit on the bench. Got it? We clear? Hopefully. Hopefully I explained that well. In category leagues, these guys, I think if you add them, they're probably startable players this week. Muxy Kleber, Dorian Finney-Smith of the Mavericks. We talked about them having four games. Eric Bledsoe of the Clippers, four games. Herbalife Jones of the Pelicans, four games. Eric Gordon, KJ Martin. KJ Martin's an interesting one. If he plays four games when the rest of the league's play playing three and he gets like 74 minutes. I don't know why I picked 74. Maybe that's too much. Maybe he plays, um, yeah, maybe he plays 70 minutes. That's worthwhile. Like just consider that. And KCP with four games for the Wizards. 
These are guys who are on your waiver wire that you could consider adding and starting because volume matters. The four games versus everyone else playing three or two in some cases, that matters. For guys to sit in category leagues, every Pistons player wouldn't start a single Pistons player and I wouldn't start any Lakers player except Anthony Davis. That would be the only one I would consider with two games. And even then, it's pretty borderline. I wouldn't start Russell Westbrook in a category league. I probably wouldn't start LeBron James in a category league this week. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. I can see an argument for LeBron. Like if you want to start LeBron, that's fine. But is 60 minutes of LeBron worth more than say 100 minutes of Eric Bledsoe that we just talked about? Uh, Probably not. All right, probably not. He's borderline. I wouldn't bother with Jordan Clarkson, Mitchell Robinson, and RJ Barrett in New York. I wouldn't worry about starting them this week. Keldon Johnson with three games. Timothy John McConnell with three games. Wouldn't bother with starting those guys. In a points league, again, these are players that you can add who are on the wire, who might be able to add and actually get into your active weekly lineup. Maxi Kleber, Eric Gordon, Eric Bledsoe, Darius Baisley, Kevin Love, and Dorian Finney-Smith. And then sitting guys out. Now, in a points league, I think I would start Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook. They would all probably be starts for me. I wouldn't bother with starting any Pistons players. Kemba Walker, Mitchell Robinson, and then Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, some other guys for the Sixers who are highly rostered, who I wouldn't bother putting into a starting lineup for this week. Guys, that will do it for today's show. Let me know down below. What do you think of Ja Morant's injury? What do you think of the John Wall scenario? Let me know your thoughts. Was I clear? Was I wrong? Let me know down below. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.